0: Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown.
1: Welcome back, family. Yes, you are listening live. Here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Sitting here... Living in Living Color in Merritt Island, Florida. It is a beautiful day outside, and there's a whole lot going on in football. Now, family. You know, I've been blessed to be able to play football for a long time. And as of recent, or recently, our sport has been challenged. It is actually being attacked. There are a lot of people out there that are saying that kids shouldn't play football until they're a certain age. I mean, there are a lot of people that are out there that are saying that kids shouldn't play football. That it's a dangerous sport. And with the developments of CTE and you know some other things that are going on, they're starting to, to challenge whether or not the sport should even be played. So just recently, there was an article that came out where the senator from the state of Illinois has she's actually they're implementing the Dave Dorson Act and those of you who don't know Dave Dorson Dave Dorson was, was a was an NFL football player for the Chicago Bears and Dave Dorson committed suicide at 50 years old and after doing some research on his brain they found traits of CTE, okay? So, that what they're saying is that the kids should not play football until they are 12 years old. And they're calling it the Dave Doerson Act. So they're banning, they're actually trying to ban kids from playing tackle football until they're 12 years old because they're saying that at, at that age, is when the, the, the brain is actually developing the most. So I want to talk, to talk to you guys about that. I have a sister, again, football has been great to me. I have a sister that has a son and, and he's right at that age. I want to say he's 12 or 13. She will not let her son play. I know other people that will not let their sons play, but I also know a whole bunch of people that encourage their sons to play. So I wanted to give us an opportunity, a platform to have this discussion so we can hopefully better understand, but also get, makes, have some awareness or share some awareness to where this is what's going on and see if we can come to a conclusion. I know we can't come to a full conclusion today, but at least we can, get, we can open up, have an open forum and discuss this and hear some different ideas. Now... Again, my co-host Kelvin Harris. Kelvin, are you on? Yo. Okay, Kelvin. Uh, is Chad here yet? I'm here. All right. What's the, Chad? Great out, yes, Doug. Oh man. Okay, cool. It. Yes. Yeah. So, family, and again, today we're gonna we're gonna really focus on this. I mean, I know we just had the Pro Bowl, and it was a great game, and some guys showed some some good things. And Chad, I got an opportunity to meet. Jalen Ramsey, again, I met him a long time ago, but I got a chance mm-hmm. to run into him again. And um, not only him, but I got a chance to meet Alvin Kamara. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, again, man, hey, look, there's, there's been some great things happening this past week, but, you know, I was talking with, uh, listening to Chad yesterday, and guys, please welcome Chad Wilson, who's the father of Quincy Wilson, who also um, played with us. He's one of our former teammates. Chad played for us at the University of Miami, was a great defensive back. And now he's coaching at one of arguably the greatest high school football program in the country at American heritage yeah, they had high a school down deal. in plantation. So Chad, welcome to the show and congratulations on a great season. And not, on, not only that, but congratulations, man, with what you're doing with your two sons. Quincy was a second you, round man. draft choice with the Indianapolis mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, no, I, I,
2: I thank you. I appreciate you having me on, man. I, you know, if I'd have known Kelvin was your co-host, I might have thought twice about doing this, but... It <laughs> and that's exactly why I didn't
1: tell you that Kelvin was my co-host.
2: <laughs> no, it's all, in, it's all in good fun, and, and I had a good discussion about it yesterday, and I'm glad you are also um, tackling this
1: issue. Well, Ted, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a major issue. You know, a couple of years ago, when I went to the AFC Coaches Convention down there, in, um, we were in San Antonio, Texas. Mm. One, of our, one of our, you know, family members... Tommy Tuberville, who's a, a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Tommy yeah. Tuberville was a president. He, he was the president of the AFCA at that particular time. Tommy Tuberville got up and he made a comment that our sport is being attacked. And, and he was very adamant about that comment. He was like, hey, listen, don't make no mistake about it. Our sport is being attacked. And at that particular time, Chad, I was coaching at the mm-hmm. University of Miami. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what he was talking about. But as I leave the convention, I talk to my sister. My sister's telling me, hey, look, I'm not going to let my son play football. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. With what you've seen football do for me, you're not going to allow him to play? And then I started paying more attention to it and started listening to what other people were saying. So yesterday when I got a chance to listen to your discussion, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Man, this, this is real. This is real stuff. So... Again, we uh, have a platform. Is, man,
2: and if I could be, if I could, you know, be controversial here for a little moment. Um, it's funny that Coach Tuberville used that term "attack" because that's exactly how I've felt um, with regards to what's going on with our sport that we know and love. It's under attack um, from many fronts. Um, you know, we had the whole national anthem thing. Um, it's been a, it's you know been attacked with the whole CTE. Um, and I yeah. feel like the sport is under attack. We could all um, sit here and speculate on the reasons as to why that has happened. The sport of football um, employs the uh, most athletes of any other sport in, in our country. Um, and the, the, the athletes that comprise the National Football League are largely minority, um, largely African-American. And it's producing a lot of millionaires who have power, who um, are sending their kids, to starting to voice their opinions. Yeah, providing uh, providing a better way of life, and so there may be a faction out there that doesn't necessarily care to see that happen. And you start to wonder if that is probably what is causing some of the attacks on many fronts. Right. Having said that, um, you know, I understand. You know, I talked yesterday about what they're introducing in Illinois. Um, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. I'm not dead set guys on one side or the other on that. Um, you know, people smarter than us, medical professionals have done the research and apparently they've come to the conclusion that, you know, um, the constant collisions during those years, six to 12 years old, um, probably has a, a long lasting effect and probably increases. chance of getting CTE I'm not though they're professionals I'm I don't know if I can 100% trust that but it's one of those things where what if you're wrong and that is the case what damage is being done I know this you introduce something like that in Illinois um, you would have a very hard time doing that in the state of Florida like I said on my show yesterday if you try to introduce a bill like that here there will be gunshots. There will be rockets thrown. They will block I-95. There will be a pull-out riot if you try to take it. will be like if trying you, to take you, rifles from the NRA. It's, it's going to be very if, difficult to do.
3: If you think it's bad here in Florida, you try implementing that in Texas. I lived in Houston for 15 years.
2: They have Oh, I imagine. Schools. Anywhere south. Anywhere south. Yeah. Once you, once you get down here into the south where football is like the second religion— going to be very difficult to do. Now, however, if you get it done in Illinois, and then you get it done in Minnesota, you get it done in Michigan, and and you spread it everywhere, then the pressure really would start to fall it, over it the won't happen. But it, won't, it won't happen here, Chad. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to
3: take it even, even further. The guy from my hometown, first guy from my high school to go pro, is a lobbyist mm-hmm. in uh, Tallahassee. And uh, mm-hmm. my high school coach's uh, daughter, Stephanie, is about to retire from the school system and he wanted mm-hmm. to become a lobbyist and he was explaining to her look we need you because he used the same word he says but but this is for, for some different he said the public school system is under attack here in Florida because they want to put everything into charter schools but mm-hmm. here's the ironic twist the one thing that's keeping them from really doing it and not just here, but also in Texas, is high school football. And I can tell you, from living in Texas, if you took high school football, you know, you took the high schools out and you had charter schools, you're right. That's when you would see all of these uh, militia groups pick up guns and they would storm mm. Austin and they would shoot that mm. place up because football is ingrained in these places. Um, yep. I, you, you've been coaching for a while, Chad, and you're involved in seven seven. And I hear, like, what Hurley said about his sister. But mm. being, in Fort, being from Fort Myers, living in Fort Lauderdale, living in Houston, living in California, mm. I see the opposite. Everybody I know wants their kid to play at seven. I mean, you know, but you get people who say, well, like, like you said about the attack. They're saying the ratings are down in football and basketball ratings are up. Well, get, get this. All ratings on television are down. And football is the number one program on television, so if football's ratings are down, all television ratings are down but let's yeah, not sure, make no it's mistake. still the best
2: it's still the best program on television but I mean on yes. on the, staying well, the time <clears throat> on, on hand you can't you, it's gonna be very difficult to push the agenda of making it a law it's 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 like you're telling parents i can't." Do what it is I want to do with my child. Yeah, my I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Right. right, right. If I want, right. my, if I know the risk, if I've been told the risk, and I still um, go out and want to have my child participate in the sport, then I should be allowed to do that. If you take away right. football, um, what are we going to do then about lacrosse? What are we going to do about okay. rugby? What are we going to do about wrestling? What are we going to do about soccer, where you're you're heading the ball and these other sports where you could have these these type of uh, hockey what are we going to do in illinois about hockey which is a is probably a big sport up that way what kind of door do we open now i say right. that on one hand but right. then i've got this other side you guys that you need to pay attention to. what's happening okay hold, hold on chat, hold on before forward. you
1: get to that first of all let's, let's welcome leon searcy to the show leon are you there i'm here Heard what's going on Hey man, you the man, Big Surf. Yeah, hey, I can't thank you enough. Now we've
2: got a real radio
1: voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, a <laughs> man, that very white voice. And we got to get you on the show more often, Big Surf. Our ratings shoot up sky right. high when Big Surf is on the show. But <laughs> hey, guys, listen. First of all, uh, Leon, welcome to the show. But we got to take a break, family. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna hear you know, again, he gonna get down with, with Hurley Brown, Chad Wilson who was Quincy Wilson's father, who was also Marco Wilson's father. Chad, um, both of his sons grew up playing football. He actually coached Pop Warner football. Leon Searcy has a son that's playing at Florida A&M right now. Leon didn't play high school football until his senior year in high school. So we're going to gonna take a break, and we'll be right back to get down with Hurley Brown. Leon Searcy, Chad Wilson, and my co-host, Kelvin Harris. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
4: This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time
0: on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show family we are back
1: and we are back with a major discussion today i got my teammates and again hey it's all about them hurricanes today and that's what we got on the show we got my main man kelvin harris starting center for the 1991 national championship team we got big leon searcy starting offensive tackle for the uh actually a hall of fame offensive lineman down at the university of miami first round draft pick with the pittsburgh steelers and then we had the ultimate chad wilson standout, great you defensive back me. yes sir from the University of Miami. And again, Chad played sparingly in the National Football League, got a little bit, got a cup of coffee about like I did. But his son was a second round draft choice with the Indianapolis Colts, And then his youngest son is probably gonna be, if, if, not, if not good, better. You know what I mean? I remember Marco when he was doing backwards flips, catching the football in the, in the middle of his flip. So anyway, we are here talking about what age, should you allow your should you allow your sons to play tackle football? Now, there's a band that there's a. A band that's been introduced and they're pushing for this band in the state of Illinois, Chad. And, and I think you know more about it than any one of us. So just elaborate on that a little bit so we can, up, you know, get, get the family updated on what we're talking about.
2: I don't, I don't have the, the the deep down details, but all we really need to know uh, is is the general outline, the big picture on what they're trying to do, and they're trying to propose um, a ban on uh, contact football prior to the age of 12 in the state of Illinois. So that would mean any little league football or pop Warner football in the state of Illinois would be something um, that would be without helmet, shoulder pads, or anything of that nature. Uh, Basically, seven-on-seven football is what you would be looking at in the state of Illinois if this this bill is allowed to become a law, I guess is how that would be. So no contact football before the age of 12 in Illinois, and you've got a group pushing for it. And uh, and there's probably a pretty good chance they could get this um, pushed across because they're doing it at the right time where – you know, C T E and the effects or the you know, uh, it's it's big in the news so they'll have enough emotional mm-hmm. support to probably get something like this pushed through. Yeah, okay, so and
3: Otis Wilson uh show up at the me- at the hearing. Otis Wilson, like mm. Adam Lee and Otis Wilson was uh was it a- was for it. He uh he because mm. I read the article um, mm. in the paper and um he said even though he hasn't had any uh symptoms it makes sense to him and he's going to donate his brain. So, I mean, now you got a bear, a former bear, great, you know, giving it the thumbs up.
5: Mm -hmm. So,
3: well, uh, and again, so so
1: so we we all played the sport. I started playing football when I was seven years old. And, you know, there's, again, we can't, we're not going to be able to solve all the problems of the world today. But when we started playing, you didn't have as many games as what these kids do have now. And the one thing that oh, Al yeah, Golden yeah, did, I can't, I can't Al Golden was, was way ahead of the curve on this when we were at the University of Miami. Al Golden had a lot of research done, did a lot of research himself, on what actually causes concussions. And one of the things mm-hmm. that Al was able to discover was it wasn't that one hit. Mm-hmm. It was a series of hits that actually caused those concussions. So Al actually implemented a, um, a protocol which the NFL came down to, to study our protocol at the University of Miami, and they adapted it to the National Football League. And I want to say that as part of the protocol that they're doing now. I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but it got the ball rolling. So – and I'll say so, this. So I what, mean,
2: you, what, what you're saying, Hurley, is guys like Kelvin – and Leon are at a big they'd be at a bigger risk than guys like you and I who yeah, so yeah. played on the edges of the game those guys in the trenches probably enduring helmet to helmet contact if not on every play um, on a majority of the plays 85 90% of the plays there's helmet to helmet contact with those guys up front that the, 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 that, that's when
1: you technically when you, that's what's being yeah. said that's what the research is saying but what? Well, when you, I was going to say, but, when
3: you talk to the concussion lawyers, because me and Leon had the same concussion lawyer, and I talked to a mm-hmm. few, the first thing they find out is what position you play. You say O-line, mm-hmm. D-line, fullback, linebacker. You can almost hear them crying with tears of joy because realistically, every day we go helmet to helmet. And they've done the research, and they feel like there's a good chance that if you especially play fullback or linebackers, because those, those, those uh, collisions are a lot more um, dynamic. I mean, ours are more short um, in a short short area, but fullback linebackers, mm-hmm. full speed arena uh, really. league.
2: But I got, that's, I, I, that's why I so, find it disingenuous <laughs> for them to have made all of these rules, and they're only concerning that one big hit that you're talking about, Hurley, um, like the hit yeah. on Rob Gronkowski that might occur once every four or five games. <laughs> Um, but those guys in the trenches are experiencing it over and over and over, every, every game. <clears throat> Nothing has been done rule-wise to change any of that going on, and that's, in my mind, where the real danger is because um, you have 70 plays, let's say, in a game. You, you do that over 20 games in a season. Just do the math on that. That's and 1,400 plays. Right. We're worried about that hit on Rob Gronkowski, um, and and that happens once, once every six times and now you're saying the best play for a DB to make in that situation is to go right at his knees and probably tear his ACL, but you you know, there's no 15 yard penalty for that. That's See, see that,
1: that, that's the double-edged sword. That, that's what I have a problem with because as a defensive back, hey, I'm trying to dislodge you from the football. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times, I'm breaking on that's the football. Your hey, that's what my job is. That's what my job, that's what I'm being paid to do. And a lot of times, Chad, and you know as well as anybody, man, we're breaking on the football and we're going for the ball, and just because, you know, we're going for the ball, we there's a lot of times that us in that defense, uh, us and the wide receiver get to the ball at the same time, which causes a collision. Of course. Well. Yeah. So, so, but again, if if you're catching the ball, if I'm a step late, maybe even two steps late, and if the if you're getting, if the wide receiver is getting to the ball faster than what I am, but I see an opportunity to to dislodge him from the ball, I'm going to take that opportunity. Yeah. And if he sees
2: oh, oh, oh. you or has oh, oh. a chance to, to to realize the hit is coming, the natural reaction is to bring yourself lower to brace for the hit. Nobody goes in and gives a DBS chest. So this right. exactly. Two, your helmet go ahead yes, hit the right. helmet, man. That's just a fact.
1: Right. So here's my thought. Leon, I want you to help me out with this, Big search Now. All right. And Chad, you spoke about it earlier. So... What you said was all the rule changes that they've made have been made to protect the guys out on the perimeter the wide receivers, uh-huh. tight ends, running backs, okay, the defensive backs, safeties, bang. Uh-huh. But the, the interior guys are where the game, they haven't made a whole lot of changes. All right, now, so here's the deal though, Chad. So what I, what I and this is my theory, my theory is over a period of time, because of the way that the game is being played today, it indirectly changed the way that uh, those collisions up front. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because the game is so spread out now. Back in the day Mm. when the game was was congested, it was, hey, bro, it was straight ISO. ISO, power, you know, then they started running some zone. It was tight ends, fullback. There are some places that, that don't even have a fullback. In the National Football League, a lot of teams don't even have a fullback right now. Sure. It's
2: a giant so, so,
1: yeah Yeah. So now it's the game is being played out on the perimeter so much more to where you look at guys like, um, what's, what's the, the defensive lineman that plays with Seattle Seahawks that has those real small shoulder pads? you talking well, about um, Michael, um, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Because and search, so and again, how much did the game change from when you first started playing? Well, we, we all wore these big old shoulder pads. To towards the end of your uh, of your career, the shoulder pads started to shrink because guys are saying, I don't want I don't want I don't want to give people access to be able to pull on me and grab me, and stuff like that. Well, how much did the well, game well, change from the time my you started?
5: Of- Offensive line play has diminished over the last 10 or 15 years for the simple fact Horribly. that you really don't have too many colleges outside of your Alabamas, your LSUs, that really run power offense against a defense. Most of the offensive line play has diminished quite essentially because most of the offense is now spread or high-tempo and move. So a lot of the offensive linemen's techniques are flawed because they're in these systems where technique is not really necessary and you know, it's more about running plays and executing plays than it is actually being sound fundamentally and technique wise. So that's the one uh-huh. thing. Uh, so you rarely see teams, like you said, you rarely see teams that are in a two back system with a full back and, and distinctly want the offense aligned, the power, and get after people. Uh, you, you see teams like Georgia do it, teams like Alabama. There are teams out there that do that. But I think the mass majority of these offenses now are spread. Uh, four-wide, three-wide uh, trips to one side, getting the ball a lot quicker, this, this, and that, a la Oklahoma teams like that or whatever. So, uh, you, as for me, you know, someone who evaluates offensive line play, I've noticed that. But all of this has to do, con- you know, consequently because of the lawsuit that's, that's implemented with the players uh, with this lawsuit with the NFL. So, it's a trickle-down effect. For so the NFL, is basically... They just paid uh, out dollars to these former players, and they really want a billion, billion, billion every five to ten years when it comes to uh, these players and stuff. So what you're seeing right now, like like in Illinois, there, I, I personally, I agree with uh, the, the the premise where kids ultimately shouldn't be playing sports till they're like 8 to 10 years old. But I also believe in a parent's right to let their child play. But that's just like telling a kid to get in a car without a car seat, to be quite honest with you, if you're going to let them play at that early age, because most of the time these kids aren't trained properly how to tackle. They're not trained how to cover themselves when they're getting tackled. And most of the kids, they leave with their head and they're not properly trained at that level. Um, and your brain is not designed to play football, to be quite honest with you, especially a kid that young. Uh, the, the, development of the brain is not, is not prepared for collisions. Uh, like our brains, we play right. football. Our right. brains is not designed to play football, to be quite honestly. And I, I I just believe that the kid, yeah, yeah, if a kid right. is not properly being taught how to tackle and, and all the other all things are going on, then you're putting that kid at risk and danger. And I just think that the, the game is too fast, too physical, and too intense to have a six, seven, eight year old endure that kind of punishment when they're not prepared yeah. to sustain
1: it. Okay, guys, you hold I'm that thought. we got to take a break. And uh, when we okay. get back, yeah. Chad, because you talked about that yesterday on your deal, on your show, yeah. you talked about the, um, the lack of coaching, the lack of training. Yeah. So cool. when we come back, so we're going to talk a little deal. bit more about that. And, and try to clear some of this up. Again, just give people ideas, those of you who are out there who have kids. And again, all we're trying to do is open up the forum so you can have a discussion, so you can make an intelligent decision for you and your son. So we're gonna take a break. And we'll be right back to get down with Hurley Brown.
0: the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show
1: family we are back and yes we are rolling here today we are getting down with the get down with hurley brown my main man leon searcy Hall of Famer, offensive lineman, first-round draft choice with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chad Wilson, father of two, uh, arguably the best defensive backs in the country, Marco and Quincy Wilson, who's a second-round draft choice with the Indianapolis Colts, and then my co-host, Kelvin the snasty Man Harris. Now, Chad, yesterday you talked about the the lack of training and coaching on the top Warner level. I mean, you you got two kids that I mean, one of your sons are. Now he was, could have been a first-round draft choice, the 46th pick of, the, of of overall in in a you know the 2017 NFL draft, and now you have a son who's a you know a true freshman starting at the University of Florida. So you're as close to this as anybody. Leon, your son plays for FAMU, so you guys have kids that are just going through pop Warner football. So what allowed I you, kill- Chad? I want to share this perspective with you
2: because not only did my kids play um, youth league football, I also coached it. And I'm going to tell you, um, both of my kids started playing tackle football at six years old. And I will tell you this about kids at that age, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine years old. When you put them in equipment, the helmet is the biggest thing that is on their body. And I don't care how much technique you're trying to teach kids in that age. They can't help but lead with their helmet when a collision is imminent. Um, when they lean forward the helmet's gonna take them forward and it's gonna be helmet first. So the helmet to helmet contact is just gonna happen. Again, I don't know all the research. I don't even know yet if I trust the research that if if that is indeed causing the C T E. But if it does and they wanna you know, they wanna put a ban on it until Uh, the age of 12, I might be in support of something like that. If the playing field is even across the board for everyone across the country, then that's okay. I know this. if they pass that in Illinois and you've got parents that really want their kids to be college football players, I could see people moving out of Illinois and they're getting down to Texas and California and Florida and everywhere else (laughs) where where their kids could play tackle football. That's going to happen. But here's the part that worried me that I talked about yesterday on my show. Um, You've got a lot of teams out there that are youth football teams that are being coached by um, all kinds of people who may or may not have the necessary know-how to teach kids how to tackle and so on and so forth. And you have that combined with this. Um, the season used to be 10, 10 games long. If you made it to the playoffs and you played all the way to the end, it was 13 games. One season, my youngest, Marco, played 18 games in a season. And that was the beginning wow. of the end for me with him and youth football. Wow. We played one Damn. more season, and then I moved him to middle school, and it was eight games in season. the season. And people were like, oh, man, he's not going to be going up against any competition, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, that, I don't, I'm not even worried about that. He played his eight games. He played other sports when the season was over. He became a really good athlete by virtue of doing that. And when he got to high school, then it was fine. You could go play 15, 16 games. You're lifting weights. You're strong. You, could, you, you know, your body mm-hmm. better ready to handle it. I heard someone grimace when I said 18 games. Let me let you all know something down here right now. These kids have preseason football tournaments, and you know what tournament means? That means several games. Then they go into the yep. season. They'll play a 10-game season. They'll go through the playoffs. If they're good, they make it all the way to the end. That's 13 games right there. Then there's postseason tournaments because some adults need to know who's the best of out of these two different leagues. And then after we find out and who's they the best in two different leagues, then we, yeah, and, and, they, and they have sponsors, so money is had. Then we need to find out who's the best in this region. Then we need to find out who's the best in the whole state. And then after we've done that and we've gone through all the games to figure that out, the best kids from those teams need to now play in several all-star games. So kids are going to play 20, 22 games in a season, 8, wow. 9, 10-year-olds. Furthermore, when the season's over, I've been out there training DBs in March, and you've got coaches with 9-year-olds attached to a sled, pulling them on a sled to get them ready for the next season. It does not end. And these are adults. Trying to prove that they're the best coach, and caught up in the collateral of all that are youngsters that are playing in all these games, and it ain't even just the games, because you know you might see limited action in the game, but you got you gotta have practices to play in these games. Yeah, when you get to these yeah, when you get to the playoffs and the postseason tournaments, it's not you're not playing any old body. It's super competitive, and if you if you don't feel like your team is tough enough then you got to get your team tough. And that means more hitting drills, more blocking drills, and more contact for these kids, five, six, seven, eight extra games. So I don't know if we need to put a ban, but we need to start doing something. We need to start doing something to protect these kids. And I understand – See, it, and, and,
1: and right. it goes back to me as to the amount of hits. Even when we played. And we played – I think I want to say when, when I was playing peewee football, we played six games. To me, that's right. plenty. Six games. What's wrong with doing you, that? Exactly. When you got to middle school, you played eight games. And then if you went to a championship, there were only two teams that were going to play that ninth game.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: You know what I mean? So well, even, even if you school, played six games. Even in
3: high school with JV and freshmen, you only played six to eight games.
1: Yeah. That's it. And again, some, when I was recruiting, you go to some states and, well, some counties, some cities, they don't have spring ball. And to me, it was like, wait a minute, you guys are way behind. But, dude, I mean.
3: Well, I can tell you Texas is the complete opposite. They um, have,
1: get this, they have
3: seventh grade teams, eighth grade teams. They have an well, A team and a B team
1: in middle school. Yeah. Right. And again, the, the issue is the amount of hits that you actually, that are actually taking place so again it's, it's not that one don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not saying that that one hit doesn't because let's just go back Big Sirson, and again you played for a long time in the National Football League and I remember when we were playing in college and the few games that I played in the league the issue was this we would play that game on a Saturday Saturday after the game you know your, your adrenaline is still going your blood is still flowing you know you're good get a chance to go out and have a dinner or whatever you may do. But then, I don't yeah. forget, man, you, you go home and in the middle of the night, my body is so beat up that I actually had, sometimes I had to crawl to the bathroom. And then the next morning you get up, your body's beat up, you know, you're barely moving. Then, you know, you, you go over and you do your little workout. Your body's able to, to get the blood flowing again. Monday, you're feeling a little bit better. Tuesday, you're feeling a lot better. You can run full speed again. Wednesday, you're ready to go. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can play the game. And then Sunday, it, it happens all over again. Leon, is that yeah. something that took place with you as well? Especially all, yeah, the, as long as you played in the National Football League. Yeah, and
5: listen, and you can't correlate, a kid can't correlate what we had to endure. Just to make it to a Saturday game or a Sunday game. Now, you just imagine a six or seven year old kid because there really is no time limit. The, the problem of the games that I've, I've practiced, I've gone to, there's no, I, I, I'm not going to say there's no structure, but there's no real time limit on how long the kid's supposed to be out there. Most of those drills are like one on one drills or the offense versus defense. Mm. So there's mass collisions going on within that two hour, two and a half hour, three hour frame. And you're talking about minimizing the games that these kids play. I'm talking about the practices. These kids yeah. are going and doing practices where they're banging heads. And like Chad alluded to, that when these kids put on their helmets, the biggest thing that they're carrying uh, while they're Here's playing is their helmet. Yeah, you know, you can see some of these kids are top-heavy because you know, their helmets are so heavy. And then if the helmets are so heavy, then the adjustment to protect their brain or the, 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 the G-force of them hitting somebody, which is going through their mouth, to their jaw, to their brain, these kids have no way to protect themselves against a violent collision, whether it be one-on-one or get hit from the side or their head hitting the ground. I mean, these yeah, there's no protocol. There's absolutely no protocol in Pop Warner football to protect these kids um, when they take a big hit or a vicious hit like that because um, – there just is I've been to enough Pop Warner games where a kid takes a big hit back of the head or whatever. Uh, the, you know, the the, the refrain is uh, shake it all, toughen up, and this, this and that. When these kids are not prepared, or built that way, even if they are the toughest kids in Pop Warner, you can't you can't toughen up when you when you what we used to call when your bell gets wrong. When these kids film it yeah. and they and hitting, they're hitting each other. Uh, at G forces, uh, 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 like like a car accident. I mean, if you if you're willing to if you'll put your kid in a car and get in the accident and let them hit their head or fly across the seat, then that's what you're doing. To essentially, letting these kids play football when they're not trained properly how to hit tackle and to protect themselves or their head. Or i twelve,
3: when
2: you have an eight you have an eight or nine year old. Has been playing for three years, and then you got the new kid that comes out there that's in pads, and the eight or nine year old knows how to move himself around a football field, and the new kid does not. Um, oh. And you have those collisions going on. I mean, they and they gonna feast on them because it excites the coaches and the, ooh, you know, and they just teeing off on the kid in his helmet, to helmet contact, and they they're blasting the kid. And then to get that kid ready or get the kid, the new kid, tough enough to be able to play on Saturday. He has to go through that drill several times to get used to being mm-hmm. in like that. And it's helmet-to-helmet it's helmet banging until he either quits or he says, all right, I can handle this. And that's how it works. I you think we're
1: at we, um, the right age. Yeah, yeah because I think you, you, your body is a little bit more mature. You're a lot stronger than what you were at six and seven. But, um, but, the, but the coaching, I, I tell you, the, as, the coaching definitely has to improve. The coaching definitely has to improve. It definitely has to improve. The training of coaches has to improve. There should, and I know there's some type of, type of certification, but there should be somebody regulating that certification. And it has to be a more extensive certification than just showing up at a class and talking about a couple of tackling drills and then allowing yourself to go out there and coach kids. And Chad, well, the thing that you keep harping on is the fact that, and we all know it, we just, you know, it's the elephant in the room. We just don't like to talk about it. but all of these grown men get more joy, and they, like you said, Kelvin, they live vicariously through these kids and not taking into consideration, you know, the safety of these kids. So again, hey guys, we gotta take a break, but when we come back, we're gonna finish this conversation and we're gonna talk about the safety of the kids, the coaches, what has to happen. And, and again, if you're out there and if you listen. Please feel free to call. We only got about 15 minutes left, but we'll take all callers, and everybody that we can. And we'll 12 is the right age for your kid to start playing tackle football. But we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We'll get down with Hurley Brown.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason.
0: the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show okay
1: family we are back and again the, the, this is a great discussion and it should be discussed all over the country Everybody that, you know, for all the Pop Warner football programs, Little League football programs, we need to continue having this discussion. Okay, so Chad, one of the things that, you know, that we all talk about, you know, is some of the coaches or parents, you know, again, you talked about it as far as, you know, guys that, you know, you lost a game. We as coaches, as parents, probably take more pride in, 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 in winning than these kids do kids have no idea yeah, they're just out to have fun you
2: a, i'll give you a great story on that i'm coaching the game um and you know we're beating we're beating the team we have the game in hand we're getting towards the end of the game and i really just wanted to run the, i just wanted to run the game out hand the ball off to my running back but the coach from the other team decided he was going to start blitzing everyone and it became a danger now for my my running back because they were coming through empty gaps and they were hit. And, you know, if, if we're trying to end the game, let's just try and end the game um, and not be doing stuff like blitzing. So I decided to drop back and throw a pass instead of blitzing. Um, we throw it, complete the pass, touchdown. Game's over. We're going through the handshake line. The coach, uh, the coach and the assistant coaches want to fight me now because I showed up the team and I humiliated the kids because I threw a pass. I mean, wanting to fight now. It's starting to get physical, and the dude's telling me, you humiliated my kids, and this whole deal is going on. And when when I turned around and looked, our kids were playing a little game of grab ass with their kids. Nobody uh, was humiliated. <laughs> the
1: little people. Nobody cared. Played. Right?
2: No, they didn't care. They had to play the game. They ran around. They got tired. They were they were they were having fun. They wanted to go to the concession stand. It was the adults that were all pissed off about what took place in the game. And that's exactly what happens on the week-to-week basis in every season. It becomes about me, the adult, proving to the other guy on the other side of the field that I know more football than you. And that's Mm. a big thing for males. In bars, I know more football than you. When it comes down to this coaching football, I know more football than you, and I'm going to prove it by using these kids to beat your kids, and how I got to go about doing it? So if I need to make a team of 22 tough guys, I'm going to do that, and the way I'm going to do that is we're going to do these serious hitting drills, and all my kids are going to be tough. And when we show up on Saturday, I'm going to show you that I'm a better coach than you because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to rock the field up with you. And that's what ends up happening. And the kids don't really care like that till they get – right. until the kids think he can get a college scholarship and one day become a pro, they don't care. They don't right. care
1: like that. Right. Well, we didn't care. I mean, we all played. And i tell you what, what was – what I cared about most when I was playing Little League football was whose house are we going to after the game, and is it going to be pizza or hamburgers or hot dogs? Exactly, to man. We're just out there having fun, and, and I mean, the incentive was, after the game, somebody's parents, we're going to actually go to somebody's house, be able to get in the pool, swim around for a little while, but then we're going to get fed. Exactly. And, and again, like you say, Chad, I didn't start thinking about how serious the game was until I started thinking about the possibility of getting a scholarship. Now, Leon, you only, you, you, you didn't play high school, you didn't play football, contact football until you were a senior in high school, correct? Yeah. Now, right. so, so again, family, you gotta listen now. So Leon doesn't play, doesn't play any contact football until he's a senior in high school. He plays one year of high school football, He's one of the highest recruited players in, in the state of Florida. He goes to the University of Miami. He gets redshirted, where it allows him to develop even more. Then he starts for the next four years. He's a first-round draft choice. And was it the 11th or the 13th pick, sirs?
5: Uh, 11, 11. 11th I pick went of the higher. draft.
1: <laughs> yeah. <went higher>. <laughs> Man, you here. went high enough. <laughs> and, and there was only 10 guys that went higher than you. So, I mean, hey, that 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 says a lot. But now again, he's in the hall of fame and having only played one year of high school football. Now family, we don't yeah, have he, all the answers. We,
2: we played all this early football and he's the one with the gold. Exactly.
1: Jacket. I know right, we've been playing since we were six <laughs> or seven years old and he's the first round draft to it. But anyway, was hey, so trying to get you out there though?
3: Huh? Was was was, was, was the Gurky trying to get you out there for Evans? I
1: mean, uh, you just wasn't interested. <laughs> Oh, man, you're talking uh, well, about, you're talking about crazy stuff. But, well, sir, to be, 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 so, quite, be, quite be quite honest with you, the reason why
5: I didn't play football at a relatively young age is because uh, there was a series of coaches that I, I went through when I was in pop water that pretty much discouraged me from playing uh, football well, because, like well, what we talked about earlier, you know, like, like Calvin had alluded to earlier, there was a weight class. And right. you know, for my my age, you know, I was I was relatively big, you know, so I, I was a ten year old who was big like a thirteen year old. So right. I, I couldn't play with ten year olds because massively I was bigger than the ten years old ten year olds and then I wasn't mentally uh, prepared to play with thirteen-year-olds because I was only mm-hmm. ten years old. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, just throughout my whole career, well, through Pop Warner, through middle school, through my early years in high school, you know, I was completely discouraged from playing football, which was actually a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. uh, the reason why I had so much success in high school is because of uh, my coach, Coach Gertie, who trained me that whole summer. Maybe come to summer school. Technique fundamentals, all the essential uh, attributes and techniques that I was going to need going into my senior year. He worked with me. He coached. Me. So that's what made me the player I was. And I'm just thinking that I, I had a coach like that, uh, you know, in my senior year. Because if I didn't have a coach like that my senior year uh, of high school, there would be no University of Miami. There would be no probably uh, colleges and professional whatever. But a lot of that, a lot of my success I tri- attribute to. Uh, going to the next level from high school had to do with uh, the details and time that my high school coach put into me going into my senior year. Did you
1: wow. play other sport? So, so, so here we are, Chad, now. And again, we only got a couple of minutes left, so we got to get through this real quick. So, we're, again, we laugh at it, but it's true. We played football all our lives, and here you got a guy that started playing late in his life, but he had way more success than any of us. So uh-huh. then, that dispels the, the theory that our kids need to start playing early enough so that they can. Yeah.
2: Here's my, here's my, here's my real thoughts on this. It's that's going to be okay. If that's how it is across the board, but if you get three or four states to pass something like this um, and the rest of the states do not, you uh, you know, I, I understand we're using Leon's example as he came in late and he was fine, but, if you go, if you really think about it, across the board, that might be a little bit of an outlier. The kids in those states where they're banned from the contact football are going to be behind when it gets to the high school time, behind the other guys where they've been able to play the contact football. They're going to be behind, and we know now how yeah. they go, how, how the recruiting goes. They want a ready-made product in college. So, so, so but all know, right, like so Leon real Red quick started.
1: because we're getting ready to get out of here. Yeah. So let, let's let's go let's let's let's. Let's talk about that for just real quick. we got one minute, then we gotta go. Now, the one thing that, that the college scouts and recruiters say about Texas, they, they have peaked out. Remember that, kid? Yes. Remember guys saying that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, of the quality of, of teaching and stuff like that in the state of Texas, those guys are, are as good as they're going to be, as opposed to South Florida. What the guys are saying about South Florida kids, because the, I'm not gonna say lack of coaching or whatever, but they're saying, saying. you know, it could be, nah, oh, nah, well, I don't do that. But <laughs> because of, man, we fail to get down with Hurley Brown. We ain't trying to hurt nobody, especially nobody's feelings. <laughs> but there's, when, when, when we go, when we recruit South Florida, state of Florida, what we're saying is that the upside, the potential, <laughs> Of these young men. I got a kid right now here in in Rockledge, Florida. His name is Antoine Green. Antoine is 6'3", 195 pounds. We've actually had him on the show. Chad, he is as raw as raw can be. So what you see is his upside, his tremendous potential, and he's the highest recruited player in Bivard Mm -hmm. County. Mm -hmm. Now, if this kid were in the state of Texas, if he was at, you know, um, this is some of those schools in, out there in Houston and, and in mm-hmm. Dallas. Let's say he's at Permian. Quality coaching and development that they do with their kids out there—the weight room, the, the you know, the the, the meal plans, the whole yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now this this kid is maybe tapped out. You know what I'm saying? So, and again, I know that, that that's it for our show today. But guys, I can't thank you enough for joining us. And and you know having this discussion with us now, next week we talking strictly Super Bowl. We're gonna have oh, yeah. a whole Eagle. hour devoted. Boy, I tell you, Eagles, one last. thing. I'm I'm going with the dog on Patriots. Leon, who you got? <laughs> I got the Eagles, baby. Who you got, Chad?
2: Hey man, um, it's hard to go against Brady and Belichick. Whatever going to come know. down to a kicker. So
1: it's hey, three to against a two. When we come back. A-Rod, you, Sears, and Kelvin, y'all owe us Chick-fil-A and Ray. All right, I forgot about Ray. Oh, my God. Hey, people, we got to go. The Get Down with Hurley Brown, we're signing off. Again, thank you, Chad Wilson, Leon Sears, Kelvin Harris. But family, don't go nowhere because the man, the myth, the legend, Ray Ellis with Ray Ellis Sports will be with you just as soon as we get off. And he's a Philadelphia Eagle to his heart. Again, You better see if God will loan you Reggie White and Jerome Brown. Ask God to do that for you. I'm going to help pray for you because that's what you're going to need to win this Super Bowl next weekend. But, family, that's been the show for today. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Same get down channel, same get down time. That's That's my time. Signing off. Hurley Brown. Get down with Hurley Brown. Peace.
0: for tuning into the get down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.